Welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 23 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And I realize we haven't had a podcast since the combine. So I agree. It's about time we have a post-combine podcast. Honestly, I've been trying to keep up with all things free agency right now. Everything's been going fast and furious. The the workouts have been on display as well. But really, let's get back to the combine real quick. Let's talk about who really made a name for themselves. Who's sending us back to watch more film, either positive or negative, and uh, really kind of go through... Uh, position by position, who are the guys that really stood out with their workouts, and then we'll start getting into some of that conversation with free agency and what that really looks like for the draft. Now, before we jump into this, uh, you know, I think the other thing that I've been dealing with is I actually have a a, a torn uh, pectoralis major, my left pec, uh, while I was bench pressing, and I actually have surgery scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, I'm taping this the early morning hours of Thursday, March 16th. So the following day, I'll actually be having surgery uh, for the torn pec. So uh, next time I speak with you, I'll actually have my arm in a sling and uh, be recovering from that surgically repaired pectoral muscle. Uh, so we been dealing with that as well, but uh, that's really no excuse. We still need to make sure that we're continuing our podcast and really kind of bringing everything to you. So let's jump into day one of those on-field workouts. Defensive linemen and linebackers. We know that the defensive tackles really were the guys that took the stage first and foremost. And I'll tell you, I think number one on the list has to be Kalijah Kansi, right? 6'1", 281 pounds, ran a 4.6740. I believe that was the fastest since, I want to say, 2003 uh, out of that position. 1.64, 10-yard 10, uh, 10 split, which is just staggering. Uh, when you look at him, he's obviously going to be that that three technique, a, a quick penetrator. Reminds you a lot of uh, of Geno Atkins. I think there's a lot of comparisons. People want to compare him to uh, Aaron Donald because they are both undersized defensive tackles, if you will. And uh, I, I think a better comparison I've heard you know Daniel Jeremiah uh, talked about Ed Oliver. I really like that comparison. I look at Geno Atkins. He's really the guy that I I compare. Kalijah Kansi to most. I look at Kalijah Kansi, I actually have him as my number two defensive tackle. This is a guy that is able to make plays behind the line of scrimmage, both against the pass and the run. That interior penetrator, a guy that's going to be able to get into the backfield in a hurry. I think he goes first round. He could go 18 to the Lions. Seattle's made some, some adjustments there up front. He could still go number 20 overall. I think the Philadelphia Eagles, if they don't look for a, a tackle there, in, uh, in the top 10, if Jalen Carter uh, doesn't slide or they don't make a play on Jalen Carter, and we'll talk about his situation here after we discuss the combine, but I think the Eagles sitting there at the end of round one, either they, they stay put, they might still be able to get Kansi, or they look to trade back up into round number one to get Kalijah Kansi. But to me, he's he's definitely a first rounder uh, when, when it's all said and done. Uh, Jalen Redman out of Oklahoma. 6'2", 291, uh, a guy who had 10 tackles for loss, four and a half sacks there at that defensive tackle position. A guy that, um, you know, once he really solidified himself as a starter on that line, was one of the more productive uh, defensive linemen there for Oklahoma. Brent Venables, his defense really struggling. 
uh, in his first season there, but Jalen Redmond was really one of the standouts. Ran a 4.81, uh, 40, so obviously that stands out. The three-cone drill uh, was the fastest there as well at a 7.3 seconds, and uh, really the 20-yard shuttle as well, you know, 4.51, repped out 225, 27 times. He's a guy that obviously he's still going to be a day three pick, a guy that you're probably going to see come off the board in the fourth or fifth round, but I think a guy that uh, – the athleticism, the juice that he has, if you will, uh, a guy that can get up the field for you. He's going to be one of those nice rotational pieces that you're going to be looking for. I think Moro Ojimo also did a great job there for Texas, 6'3", 292. You look at the 40 and you're like, okay, a 40 isn't that great, but the 177 split was a uh, you know was one of the quicker uh, among the defensive linemen. You know, this is a guy that also boarded a, a 33-inch vertical leap, which was second only to Jalen Redmond's 34-and-a-half. So you know you've got that lower body explosiveness to go along with it as well. This guy's heavy-handed. You saw that, you know, hitting the bags. This is a guy that I think, uh, you know, is going to be in that third, fourth round range. Uh, you know, a guy that could either play that defensive tackle position. He could also be a, a five technique, I think, uh, given the right situation. Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. Another guy, look, 6'4", 291, ran a 4'8", 940, 174 split. But when you look at Zach Pickens, I had said that, you know, with the film that I watched in 2022, I didn't see the same juice that we saw in 2021. And we needed him to return to form if we were talking about him as a potential day two candidate. We finally got to see some of that, so that was really nice to see. Uh, Dante Stills uh, out of West Virginia. Look, you know, 6'3", 286. Some people are talking about him as a, a, an undrafted free agent. I think this is a guy that's going to be a day three guy. He'll be a mid to late uh, day three candidate, but a guy that I think you know can be versatile, can play up and down your line. Um, he's another quick penetrator, much like his brother was. Ran that 48540 though. Um, showcasing some pretty good athleticism as well. Uh, you know, Brian Bercy out of Clemson is probably the final guy that I, I really want to mention here. 6'5", 298, ran that 4'8", 640 with a 171 split. Uh, you know, I, again, you know, that, that's second, obviously, to, to Kalijah Kansi. Tied Jalen Redmond there with that 171. Uh, you know, 29-inch vertical leap. But you saw him return to that athleticism. You saw his ability to drop... And, uh, and turn the corner in a hurry. Uh, you know, a guy that size should not be able to bend quite like Brian Brissy does. I, I think Brissy is going to be a first-round pick. I actually have him slated to come off the board there to uh, New Orleans there at the end of round one. Uh, you know, I, I think some of the production there is is questionable at times with him. But I think he's scheme versatile. I think he's a guy that's you know you're going to see some strength out of him at the point of attack, some power, and uh, I, I think you're also going to obviously see that that quick burst like you saw there with that that 40 time. So definitely a, a guy that uh, you know is is going to be turning some heads there. Uh, you know when you look at, at some of the other guys in that group, uh, you know uh, Jervon Dexter, you know six six three ten ran a four eight eight forty, which was really nice. Uh, you know. Oddly enough, ran a, a 1-8-1, 10-yard split. This is a guy that I think ha has struggled uh, at times to produce. He's got the body type. He looks the part. But, you know, where was the production? I, I think the, the athleticism there is really going to send people back and really take a look at things. Uh, you know, Siaki Ika ran that 5-3-9-40. Um, you know, a big guy. You're really wondering what you're going to see there. Ran a 1-8-8, you know, 10-yard split. So if you're looking for a, a nose tackle, 
and some of that, that explosiveness. He's not on the level of Don Taripo. He's certainly not on the level of, of Jordan Davis. He's not, on, not even on the level of, of Avita Vea or any of those guys that came off the board in round one. I think he'll still be a day two pick. I think he showed off some, some decent short area quickness for a guy his size, but he's really a space eater. And uh, you know a lot of the tape shows that short area burst. We just didn't see a ton of that there at the combine. Uh, you know, I, I think you know the other guys there. You know, I thought Cameron Young, the the you know guy that lined up and knows at times six three three zero four ran a five one forty looked much more athletic than, than say PJ Mustafer of Penn State. I thought he looked really slow in a lot of the drills. Uh, you know, a bit of a disappointment there. Uh, DJ Dale. You know, I was expecting to see a little bit. You know, he and Keandre Coburn ran a five two two five two six and a five two two respectively in the 40. I was expecting to see a little bit quicker times out of the two of them as well. Um, you know, but comparatively speaking, Keanu Benton, I thought had a decent day. 6'4", 3'09", ran a 5'08", 40. A guy that shows off really good agility. Uh, that three-cone drill ran a 7'3", uh, 4". So a, a guy that definitely, you know, he lined up at the nose there for, for Wisconsin, but a guy that I think has that versatility because of his athleticism to line him in a, in a lot of different places can be a lot more scheme versatile than I think people were really expecting. You move to the edge position, and obviously the first name that has to come out of your mouth on this one is is Nolan Smith. Good Lord, coming off of that pec tear. Uh, hey, you know, I, I, I can relate. Uh, 6'2", 238. Comes out and runs a 4.3940 with a 41 and a half inch vertical leap. Uh, just staggering numbers. Health definitely not an issue for him. This is a guy who's incredibly strong at the point of attack. Does a great job setting that that strong edge. Does a great job stacking and shedding, getting off those blocks, enjoying that lateral agility to, to get outside and, and drop the running backs in the open field. Still needs to work a little bit. Getting to the quarterback didn't see a, a lot of production there, but I, I think. You know, when you look at uh, Nolan Smith, the guy that we were thinking maybe will come off the board early in the second round, I think he could end up being a first-round pick as a result. Uh, some of the other guys that really impressed, I mean, obviously, anytime you get to see Will Anderson Jr., um, you're going to be impressed. You know, we wanted to see him run a little bit quicker than that 4-6. You know, if we were going to be getting into that Vaughn Miller-type conversation, he's just not that. You know, but I thought that 4-6-40 is definitely respectable. Ran a 1-6-1 10-yard split. So I, I think that burst coming off the football is much better than people were really le leading on for him. 6-3-253. Look, this guy's going to going to be that third overall pick going to Car uh, going to the Arizona Cardinals now that Carolina's traded up for the first pick. We know they're going quarterback. We also know Houston's going to go quarterback. Will Anderson's going Arizona there's no doubt about that in my mind and this just kind of helped solidify that that decision um, you know how about Ade Adebare you know really turning head 6'2 282 I talked about his his strength at the point of attack repped out 225 27 times but man he showed off some incredible athleticism 449 40 uh, with a 161 10 yard split 37 and a half inch vertical leap the athleticism much more so than than what we really saw on tape at times. You know, we saw some flashes, but you know, where was you know, all of that production? I think some of the times, you know, he was seeing a lot of, uh, of, of double teams. When I went back and looked at some of the film, um, you know, really wanting to set a hard edge there. But a guy that can get up, be physical at that point of attack, but also have the the quickness off the ball to get up the field and be a menace against both the run and the pass. To me, I think Adabara is going to be a, a day two pick. This workout definitely solidified that for me. 
Uh, Will Will McDonald the fourth uh, didn't run the forty, but you know thirty six inch vertical leap. Also, Broad jumped eleven feet, which is absolutely. I mean, you know that there's that lower body twitchiness. 6'4", 239 pounds. This is a dude that at the Senior Bowl, he just he, he bends so well. Freakishly you know, bending. Um, there was a, a tweet that Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl tweeted out talking about just how, how low this guy gets as he's turning the corner. Uh, to me, Will Anderson, or I'm sorry, Will McDonald is, is a guy that could very well come off the board in round number one. Uh, when it's all said and done because of that, uh, that freakish athleticism, a guy that, that can really turn the corner and get after the quarterback in a hurry. Tuli Tui Pelotu there for USC. Uh, the measurements were kind of surprising. You know, we had him at, what, 6'4", 290-plus pounds. He actually shows up at the combine uh, weighing in at 266 pounds, 6'3". Um, you know, we talked about length. You know, it's not on the par of, of, of Cam Jordan. Really, the body type just isn't there. Uh, 32 and a, and a quarter inch arms, but uh, man, you want to talk about a guy that packs a punch. That that hit that he had on the pad, the the guy that was holding the pad probably is in concussion protocol after after that because you heard that slap and just how violent those hands are. That's where he wins at the point of attack. He has such good hands, so explosive coming off the edge. He's a guy to me that's going to be an easy second rounder, uh, a, a guy that was extremely productive for the Trojans. Uh, how about Lucas Van Ness? Uh, 4 5 8 40, 1 6 4, 10 yard split. Um, you know, a, a kid that just gets after it. Uh, you know, ran a 7 2 3 cone drill, uh, which was second to uh, Jose Ramirez, another guy that I, I thought had a great combine. Uh, but with Lucas Van Ness, Anyway, 6'5", 272, had a 34-inch wingspan, 11-inch hands. He's got these giant mitts. Once he locks on to you, you know, he can kind of do whatever he wants with that offensive lineman, whether you know, it's driving the guy back into the backfield, using these slaps and rips to really attack the hands of that offensive lineman. This is a guy, look, he never started for Iowa, yet had 13 sacks in two seasons on the field for Iowa. To me, I look at Lucas Van Ness. He's a guy that's going to be ascending. If he can get to the, the right situation, get a you know a D-line coach that can really help him develop, he could end up being a terror at the next level. Speaking of Jose Ramirez, just 6'2", 242, ran a 4'7", 340, which isn't spectacular by any means when you're talking about this group. But, man, he ran a 4'3", 20-yard shuttle, and then his, his three-cone drill was under seven seconds, 6'9", So... When you think about that explosiveness coming off the edge, the quickness, the lateral agility, his ability to stop and start. To me, I look at Jose Ramirez. This was a guy, again, extremely productive coming off the edge for Eastern Michigan. I think that lower body, um, you know, he's very lean in the lower body. That's something that's going to be an issue, potentially getting rerouted. But there's no question if you allow him to play in space, that lateral agility is going to, is really going to pop. Nick Herbig. Showed up at 240 pounds. Good lord, 4.6540 had a really impressive 10-yard uh, split with that 159. You know, that's definitely something that that's kind of staggering there. But you know, really the biggest thing is is the, the lack of length there at the arms. 31 and a quarter inch arms, really shorter uh, shorter arms. I think that was the shortest among this this entire group. So he's going to have to continue to show that he can bend coming off the edge and really keep himself clean. That's going to be a, a, a bit of an issue. He may end up having to be an off-ball linebacker, and we haven't really seen him do a ton of that 
uh, there at Wisconsin. I thought Robert Beal had a nice day, 44840. Uh, you know, 6'4", 247 pounds, a guy that, look, he's still raw, still growing into the position there at Georgia. But to me, he's a guy that I think is definitely improving his draft stock. How about Yaya Diaby out of, Louis, uh, out of Louisville? 6'3", 263, 4'5", The 156 10-yard split was the fastest in the group. This is a guy that, uh, you know, I, I, in the group, not named Nolan Smith, I should say. But this is a guy that could definitely bend it coming off the edge, can get after the quarterback in a hurry. Um... I think he's a guy that is going to impress uh, throughout the the entire draft process. I thought Derek Hall, 45540, 159-10 yard split at 6'3, 254 pounds, uh, is another guy that we have to keep an eye out for. You know, Isaiah Foskey ran a 458. Uh, you know, but he has those 34-inch arms, a guy that loves to to long arm you and really uh, drive you back off the football. Uh, Zach Harrison out of Ohio State. Measured in at 6'5 and a half, 274 pounds, but 36 and a quarter inch arms. You want to talk about a huge wingspan. When we talk about long arming guys, you know, and that's really his bread and butter when he's using that that length to his advantage. I mean, that's obviously uh, you know, his calling card there. Another guy known for the wingspan is Tyree Wilson. He didn't run at the combine, didn't really compete, but 6'6, 271, 35 and 5 eighths inch arms. Uh, you know, another dude that uh, you know is is going to use that length to his advantage coming off the edge there. Uh, you know, on the flip side, you look at a guy like Mike Morris. Uh, you know, I think during the season he weighed in around 293. He's down to 275, which is good. But you look at that that explosiveness. He ran a 49540, 172-10 yard split, 28 and a half inch vertical leap. Uh, you know, the, the explosiveness just wasn't there. That was something that I was really waiting to see for him, trying to figure out exactly where he's going to play. Is he going to be a guy that's going to have to stand up and, and rush the passer like he did at Michigan? Is he going to have to put his hand in the dirt? Um, you know, he's a guy that I think is really going to have to show up at, at Michigan's pro day to kind of improve that draft stock and continue to move that, uh, push the narrative a little bit. Um, I, I thought with Oshawn Mathis, out of out of Nebraska, formerly of TCU, 6'5", 250, ran a four seven four. Has those, those really long thirty five inch arms. I, I think he's another guy that I think I was expecting a little to a little bit more explosiveness coming out of him. Didn't really see that, um, you know, nearly as much as I was I was expecting or what I would have liked to have seen. He's one of those guys that uh, you know could provide some depth to your to your group, but a, a guy that I, I still. Uh, was left wanting a little bit more out of him. Um, you know, so those were those were the guys that I think stood out on both sides. Uh, you know, some of the other guys. You know, if you if you just scan it and you look at it quickly, you know, I thought Byron Young out of Tennessee, 6'2", 250, runs that four four three forty, showcasing that explosiveness, thirty eight inch vertical leap, eleven foot uh, broad jump as well. So that's something to to really take away there. You know, a guy that uh, you know, look, he's 6'2", 250, may end up having to be a, a 34 outside linebacker, but a guy that can really uh, come come down off the edge in a hurry. Uh, I thought Lonnie Phelps at 6'2", 244, ran a 4.55. Uh, he's a guy that I thought helped himself as well, which can then lead us into the linebackers. And when I look at the linebackers, I think the first guy that really jumps off the page for me in terms of looking at my notes is Yasir Abdullah. We talk about what he's able to do uh, coming off the edge as a as a pass rusher, a guy that can get to the quarterback in a hurry, makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. He's 6'1", 237 pounds, so not the biggest guy by any means. 
but ran a 4-4-7-40, a 1-5-6 10-yard split. To me, when I look at, at Yasir Abdullah, 36.5-inch vertical leap, the explosiveness is there. This is a guy that can make plays behind the line of scrimmage. The athleticism is absolutely just oozing out of this kid. I think he's a guy, to me, that is going to solidify himself as a potential third-round pick um, and a guy that could be used in a lot of different ways. Uh, Henry To'o To'o, you know, respectable numbers, 4.62, which isn't you know overly... Uh, Overly spectacular, 32-inch vertical leap and a 9-8 broad jump. They're not the most explosive there with that lower body, but uh, a guy that looks so smooth in the drills. Um, he's a guy that, again, you know, you're talking about that second uh, second day of the draft. I think he's a guy that definitely um, can be in that consideration. When you talk about the 40, obviously you're going to look at Owen Papo first and foremost, six foot two twenty-five, ran that four three nine forty with a one five two ten yard split. 45 and a half or 35 and a half inch vertical leap. This is a dude that uh, you know he flies around and makes plays, and he comes looking to hit you in the mouth. So he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, I just wonder exactly where we're going to see him uh, line up at the next level. Uh, to me, he's still a day three guy, but a guy. Look, you know, if you keep him clean and allow him to to run around and make plays sideline to sideline, he's a guy that's going to rack up a lot of tackles for you there uh, at that linebacker spot. Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Look, 6'5", 249, runs that 4'6", 540 uh, with a 159 split. Uh, so you know, when you're talking about his straight line speed, may not be the fastest, but 37-inch vertical leap, 10'8", broad jump. But then the 20-yard the shuttle runs a 4'2", I mean, when you think about that, you put that into consideration, you know, not every receiver ran the the, the, the 20 yard shuttle but when you look at that group um, you know there are 18 guys that did that 424 would have put him in the top five among the receivers so the lateral agility is absolutely there six seven four three cone drill is also absolutely staggering for for that linebacker spot he's a guy to me that i think has solidified himself as a a second round linebacker and a guy that i think is going to have a, a tremendous career at the next level same goes with Dayon Henley out of Washington State. Look, 6'1", 225, runs a 4'5", 440, a 35-inch vertical leap, but this is a guy who can cover. You see the natural cover ability. This is a guy, look, he played safety you know, at, uh, at, at Nevada, converts to that linebacker spot, and then really had a standout season there for Wazoo. Uh, Buckus Award uh, finalist, a guy that can make plays all over the field. He's a guy to me that I think is, is definitely ascending into that second round conversation for sure. Uh, Jeremy Banks didn't set the world on fire with his, his uh, workout, but uh, look, 6'1", 232, I should say with the testing, but the workouts looked incredibly smooth, incredibly comfortable. To me, Banks is going to be a, a day three guy, but he was a guy that you know was utilized by, by Tennessee primarily just shooting gaps as a blitzer, getting into the backfield in a hurry. I think he's a guy that uh, you know could do a lot more than, uh, than really what he was asked to do. Uh, Trenton Simpson, 6'2", 235. We know this guy's a tremendous athlete. Runs that 4 4 3 40 with 155 10-yard split. Uh, 25 reps of, uh, in the bench press, 225. Uh, that's second only to Noah Sewell. And uh, to me, when I look at Trenton Simpson, uh, you know what he was asked to do when Brent Venables was the defensive coordinator there for the Clemson Tigers, uh, allowed him to fly around to make plays. When you... You know, he's even said himself, when you're drafting him, you're not getting a guy who's just going to be playing one position. You, 
You can line him up all over the field. He's versatile like Isaiah Simmons. Maybe not quite on that level, but he's one of those guys who uh, you know, could potentially be a first-rounder, likely going to come off the board early in the second round. But you see the explosiveness. This is a guy that flies around and makes plays and uh, I think could even be a better pro, more productive pro than he was there at Clemson. Drew Sanders didn't work out, but he did show up at 6'4", 235 pounds. Not really worried about the size there. Dorian Williams and D. Winters, two guys um, that could end up ultimately being Wills at the next level. Uh, both run a, a 4 4 9 40, uh, showcasing some really nice athleticism there. The difference between the two, Dorian Williams uh, has about you know, a couple inches on him in terms of uh, that arm length. You know, I think that, to me, is something that is, is definitely a standout. Sh Remember this name, Shaka Hayward out of Duke, 6'3", 235, 34-inch arms, was a 4'5", 340. This is a guy that I think is flying under the radar, Incre incredibly productive there for Duke, a guy that you know, racks up a ton of tackles. He's somebody to definitely keep an eye out for. I thought the athleticism definitely showed up there. Uh, same goes for, for Anthony uh, Orgy out of Vanderbilt, 6'1", 230, uh, 4'5", 340, 38.5-inch vertical leap. Another guy who showcased tremendous athleticism for the Commodores and uh, a, a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you know, where he's going to come off the board in the draft. I think probably in the fifth round range, but a guy that has some versatility that he can definitely bring to the table. Which then takes us to day number two. That's going to be the, the corners and safeties. And when you talk about the corners, I think the first name that has to come off uh, is Christian Gonzalez. He wasn't the fastest, but you know he did run that 4.3840 with a 41 and a half inch vertical leap, 11.1 broad jump. This is a guy who looked so smooth in the drills. He was consistent. He was controlled. Uh, just made it look effortless. And that's one of the things to me when I look at Christian Gonzalez. I think he's the number one corner prospect and a guy that should be coming off the board in the top 10. He really solidified that for me there at the Combine. The next name you have to mention, I, to me, I think is, is Deontay Banks out of Maryland. This was a guy who was you know, kind of in that second group, a guy that we were talking about, okay, as an early day two guy with the potential to be a round one pick. Comes out, runs a 4 uh, 42-inch vertical leap, 11-4 broad jump, which are you know absolutely staggering, right? And uh, also measured him with, with some pretty darn good size too, at six foot, 197 pounds. So when you're talking about that athleticism, you know he, he looks so fluid in the drills. Um, his ability to uh, to close, you know, you saw the closing speed. To me, I, I look at, at Deontay Banks. He solidified his status as a first round corner. I think he's a guy that uh, you know, Minnesota sitting there at 23. I know they picked up Byron Murphy. I think they could still benefit from getting another corner. Deontay Banks could definitely be that guy. And then, all right, we got to talk about the fastest combine 40 time, DJ Turner, 42640, 38.5 inch vertically, 10-11 broad jump. This dude was tremendously fast. We didn't see him participate in the drills, uh, but a guy that can be a lockdown corner on the outside. Um, you know, he's one of those guys to me that I thought, you know, his his tape was was up and down. I didn't always see uh, the high performer that some people are talking about with him. I don't think he's a guaranteed first round pick, but I think those tools 
that he was able to display there at the Combine. There's really a lot to work with, obviously, when you've got a guy that's running 4-2-6 and show, showcases that athleticism. Uh, so he's a guy, to me, that I think is definitely, uh, definitely someone to watch as we get closer and closer to the draft. Uh, you look at Joey Porter Jr., 6'2 and a half, 193 pounds, but the, the wingspan, 34-inch arms, a guy that has, you know, over, I think, just under an 81-inch wingspan, just unheard of at the corner pos- uh, position. Runs a 4-4-6 uh, with a 1-5, 10-yard split. They were they were talking to his dad, Joey Porter Sr., um, on the telecast, and uh, when you talk about Joey Porter Senior, he's looking at it saying, you know what, he could probably run faster. Should be under under 4-4. Let's see what he does at Penn State's Pro Day. But to me, Joey Porter Jr. is a guy that's coming off the board in the top half of, of round number one. That length, his ability to, to lock guys down, the physicality, uh, that's something that definitely jumps off. You know, repped out 225, 17 times, which was really second most among the, the, the cornerbacks to, to Clark Phillips. Um, to me, Joey Porter is a guy that uh, you know you just don't want to line up against. He's going to use that length to his advantage. He's going to reroute you, stay in your hip pocket. Um, if he does get beaten, you know, I think he has some some better uh, speed than I think people are really giving him credit for. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes, 6'1", weighs in at 166 pounds. That may keep him from being a first-round pick, but look, six pick sixes in his career, 43540. Uh, a guy that looked tremendous tremendously fluid in the drills I think he's a guy to me um, that should be on the short list of candidates for for first one uh, first round consideration um, I mentioned Deontay Banks his teammate there at Maryland Jacorian Bennett really made people take notice with the athleticism 5'11 188 pounds ran a 4'3 40 148 10 10 yard split 40 and a half inch vertical leap, 11-1 broad jump. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about a pair of corners coming out of Maryland. Good Lord, those two guys really set the stage and, and looked tremendously explosive. Uh, Julius Brents out of K-State, 6'3", 198. Another guy with 34-inch arms. Runs a 4-5-3, not, you know, not overly spectacular, but at the same time, here's some of the other things to consider. 41 and a half inch vertical leap, 11-6 broad jump, runs a 6-6-3 three-cone drill, which, you know, there weren't too many corners that actually did a three-cone. He was one of those guys that wanted to showcase that lateral agility, runs a 4-0-5, 20-yard uh, shuttle as well. Julius Brents, to me, is is one of those corners. He, he didn't get beat very often there at the Senior Bowl, especially in those, in those one-on-ones. I, I look at Julius Brents as, as a day-two lock. Uh, especially after what he was able to showcase there with the, with that athleticism. Uh, Keytrail Clark out of Louisville. Look, you know, 5'10", 181 pounds, runs that 4'4", 240. This is a guy, he's, he's feisty, wants to get after it and uh, showcase some speed, uh, you know, that's going to allow him to be, you know, in that, that early day three consideration. Um, Jalen Jones uh, out of Texas A&M shows up at 6'2", 200 pounds. Really short arms for a guy his size. 30 and three quarters inch arms. Um, runs a, a 4 5 7 40 with a, you know, a 1 4 8 10 yard split. So that, that early explosiveness definitely jumped out. 
run a 688 three cone drill, 38 inch vertical leap as well. He was a guy that kind of turned my head a little bit and said, wow, you know, uh, want to go back and take a look at the film a little bit more with Jalen Jones. Uh, Travius Hodges, Tomlinson, they said he measured in at 5'7", but now he's at 5'8 there at the combine. Uh, 44140, 39-inch vertical leap, 11-inch broad jump. We know that he's explosive. He's, he's always had to battle you know, being undersized at that cornerback position, but the guy is a gamer there on the outside. That explosiveness definitely is going to help him. I look at Clark Phillips III, instinctive corner, uh, 5'9", 184 pounds, runs a 4'5", 140, not overly explosive, 33-inch vertical leap. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, I just, you know, he did look pretty smooth in the drills, but he's just a guy that I worry about a little bit um, in terms of that overall athleticism at the next level. Riley Moss, 6'1", 193, 4'4", 5'40", 10-yard split. He's a guy that solidified his status in my top 10 at that cornerback spot. Darius Rush is a guy that I think has continued to impress. 43640 uh you know a, a guy you know he's he's 62 198 very long um and a guy that I thought you know, really looked good there at the senior bowl with the footwork his ability to drive on the football undercutting routes uh always seemed to be in position I think he and his teammate Cam Smith who ran that 4 uh 4340 at at 61180 149 10 yard split 38 inch vertical leap and 112 broad jump you know, those are you know a pair of teammates that are going to get drafted in the first two days of the draft. I think Cam Smith is either going to be a late one or an early two, uh, but another guy with with really nice explosiveness. Uh, Keely uh, Ringo, you know, has has the size six two two oh seven, ran a four three six forty. Um, really had a curious uh, attempt on a on an interception. Uh, it was really kind of an awkward play on the football. Uh, didn't look very natural, which was kind of surprising. Um, to me, you know, there's some people that have Ringo in the top 10. Um, I don't see it. I think, you know, there are there is some athleticism there, but he also got burned a lot. And, uh, you know, I, you know, not always trusting his eyes, putting himself in the wrong position, losing contact with the receiver. I see Kelly, uh, Keely Ringo as a, a second rounder and a guy that I think is going to need a little bit more development. Uh, Terrell Smith. Six foot, two hundred four. Another, you know, solidly built corner. Runs that four four one forty. You know, for a guy his size, you know, I, I thought that was that was nice, uh, nice to see. He's a guy that I think is going to bring some physicality to, to the position. Corey Trice Jr. six three, one of the taller corners, two hundred six. Not incredibly long in terms of his length, you know, the, the arm length, but runs a four four seven. You know, at six three, that's that's not bad at all. Uh, but you know, that one five six. You know, there's a little bit more of that 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 speed where he's he's really working up to that speed, that that ga- uh, gathering uh, acceleration. But he did have a 35 and a half inch vertical leap, also um, a uh, 11 foot broad jump. So another guy that I thought definitely helped himself there in uh, at the combine. When you look at the safety position, honestly, you know Brian Branch, six foot 190, ran a four five eight. That's not really his game. He's not going to be the most explosive, but a guy who's incredibly instinctive. You know, if you're going to be a guy that's considered in round number one as a top safety, you know, if you don't have that that burner mentality, it's the you know the the instincts that are going to take over, trusting your eyes, being able to close quickly on the football and make plays. And that's exactly what Brian Branch's game is uh, at the safety position as well. Um, you know, Sidney Brown, 5'10", 211, 
runs a 4.4740, 40 inch vertical leap, 10-10 broad jump. I, I look at Sidney Brown, the way that he flies around and makes plays all over the field, similar to Talanoa uh, Hufanga. They've got similar hairstyles as well. Um, you know, I, I think this is a guy that uh, people are going to be sleeping on. He'll probably get drafted in round four, possibly even round five, like Hufanga did. But I think Sidney Brown's going to be a day one starter. Uh, you know, another guy who's an instinctive player, uh, didn't run the fastest 40, 5'11", 203. That's Jair Brown out of Penn State. 46540, just a 32 and a half inch vertical leap. Not the most explosive guy. I was expecting a little bit more athleticism out of him, but he's another guy that really wins with his eyes, wins with that instinctiveness. Uh, I, I think really the safety that turned everybody's heads was uh, was Quan Martin, Jartavius Martin. 5'11, 194 pounds, with a 44640 with a 147 10 yard split, 44 inch vertical leap, which is, I mean, that's jumping out of the building, and an 11 1 broad jump. This is a guy who, uh, at that safety spot, also lined up in, in the slot, You know, played some nickel, uh, you know, a guy that just flies around to make plays, both against, you know, over the top, uh, you know, against the pass, but also in run support. Runs the alleys really well, gets downhill in a hurry. Uh, he's a guy that definitely, uh, definitely jumped off the screen when, when you're watching him play. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. Uh, safety position, though, um, you know, not not a bunch of uh, tremendous athletes. You know, I thought J Jason Taylor, the second out of Oklahoma State, ran a 4.540, 43-inch vertical leap, definitely helped himself. Six foot 204. He's the guy that nobody's really talking about, despite the fact that he had six interceptions there for Oklahoma. Um, a guy that I think can can be a playmaker at the next level. Antonio Johnson at 6'2", 198, did run a 4'5", 240. Uh, again, not the most explosive athlete in terms of especially just a 31-inch vertical leap, so I thought that was a bit surprising. Uh, he'll still be a, a, a day two guy for me, uh, probably early in that second round range as well. Which then takes us to the weekend and the quarterback spot. Obviously, when you talk quarterbacks, you have to talk about Anthony Richardson. Shows up at 6'4", 244, runs at 4'4", 340, which is ridiculous. 40 and a half inch vertically. He's setting records at that quarterback spot. Then he shows up and is throwing these dimes down the field. Just tremendous arc trajectory on his deep ball. Again, he's throwing against air, but still, you watch the footwork, improved footwork. You saw better control of that arm, but the release, the mechanics, uh, you know, when he's on, that, that dude is just effortless. But the thing with it is, is the footwork was really sloppy. When you watch the film, a lot of times, the footwork was just very inconsistent. I thought he's improved there. I ultimately think that he's going to need to go somewhere where a team needs to be, you know, can be patient and really work on developing the fundamentals with him. He's going to need some time to grow. I look at Seattle. They've got Geno Smith there already. Allow Anthony, Anthony Richardson to kind of develop underneath him. The other guy that really had a standout performance was C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, 6'3", 214. A guy that just, he showed why, you know, he's he's slated to be that number one overall pick by the Carolina Panthers. I truly believe Carolina, they made the move to take over that top spot from the Bears, and they did it right after the combine. So to me, it's either Stroud or Richardson. I ultimately believe that Stroud's going to end up being the guy. The precision passing, the, the accuracy, it was definitely on display there for, for C.J. Stroud. I, I think any doubters, um, you know, he, he absolutely just looks so natural at that quarterback position. His ability to just the on-field work, putting the ball where he needed to. You saw better arm uh, 
arm strength, the velocity was there, his ability to just put the ball wherever he needed to. Uh, to me, I thought he was definitely that standout at that quarterback spot. Another guy that put on a good show was Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA, 6'2", 203, runs a 4'5", 640. He's a guy that I think is definitely improving his draft stock throughout the, the pre-draft process. And then Stetson Bennett. You know, yes, he's undersized at 5'11", 192 pounds, runs at 4'6", 740, um, but he showcased some really good arm strength there at the combine as well. Um, Will Levis, we know he's got the big arm, 6'4", 229, uh, didn't run a 40, nice vertical with 34-inch, uh, so he, he does have some of that twitchiness to his game as well. Um, you know, he looked, you know, muscled up. A quarterback that, you know, I, I saw, the last quarterback that I really saw that muscled up was Brady Quinn, and we know about his success at the next level uh, but the thing with will levis at the same time is he has worked in a pro style offense play action is is one of his his fortes where he really plays well i think you look at a team like the colts that feels like a nice fit there for will levis especially when you've got uh you arguably the game's best running back jonathan taylor in the backfield you can run a lot of play action and really beat a lot of teams with that receivers when you look at this receiver position uh i thought there were a few guys that definitely jumped out and uh first and foremost is going to be jackson smith and jigba he did not run uh run a 40 but uh you watch the route running ability crisp routes um he makes just makes it look effortless makes it look easy and uh one of the things that you saw was uh the best 20 yard shuttle time of any receiver since 2014 and I'm talking about that sub four 20 yard shuttle. 393, and then also follows that up with a 657, three cone drill as well. Uh, the explosiveness in and out of his breaks. I mean, this guy, to me, he, he's my wide receiver one. You know, prove, prove, prove it otherwise. You know, find, find somebody else uh, in this group that can be as explosive as him coming in and out of his breaks. I thought Josh Downs absolutely helped himself as well. He's only 5'9", 171 pounds, just those 30 and 3 8 inch arms. We know that he's got the shorter arms, which is, is a concern. Runs a 4'4", 40 though, 38 and a half inch vertical leap, so we know he's got the athleticism there. Um, but this is a guy that, you know, looked polished with the, with, with the footwork. That's something that definitely was on display, no doubt about that. Zay Flowers is another guy that showed off the shiftiness, the footwork ability, 44240, 35.5 inch vertical leap, 5'9, weighed in at 182 pounds, which is something that is definitely impressive. That continued to put on additional weight after the season. Charlie Jones of Purdue. This is a guy that I think is going to find his way onto a roster. He's going to be very hard to cover at the next level. 5'11, 175 pounds, 44340. He's just a smooth route runner. No doubt about it. Marvin Mims of Oklahoma. This is the guy that I think everybody is sleeping on. Marvin Mims Jr., 5'11", 183, runs a 4'3", 840, 39 and a half inch vertical leap, a 6'9", uh, three-cone drill, among the fastest in that group. But this is the guy that really traditionally was asked to run a lot of vertical routes for the Sooners. And you're really wondering, can he run those routes, the underneath routes, come across the middle and he can absolutely do that i think that was something that we were looking for this is a guy that can absolutely do that and uh definitely impressed uh jonathan mingo at 6'2 220 bigger receiver ran the 446 35 uh, i'm sorry 39 and a half inch vertical leap as well repped out 225 22 times incredibly strong at, at at that receiver position but also very shifty 
Uh, you know, I think that's one of the things that's surprising about him. He's a guy that uh, could end up getting drafted higher than people are expecting. Trey Palmer of Nebraska, you know, up and down in terms of some of the uh, some of the tape with him. Six foot, one ninety two, runs that four three three forty though. Speed kills. I think that speed is going to help improve that draft stock tremendously. Tyler Scott of Cincinnati, 5'10", 177. We know he's a burner, a vertical threat. 4'4", 4'40", 39.5-inch vertical leap, 11'1", broad jump as well. Did nothing to take away from that. I thought A.T. Perry definitely helped himself as one of the taller receivers at 6'3". Runs that 4.47. But as a taller receiver, that long speed is definitely there, but it takes him a bit to get there. Runs a 1.59, 10-yard split, which was actually on the slower end for this group. Um, but definitely explosive, a guy that can jump out of the building as well. One guy that nobody's really talking about is Matt Landers out of Arkansas. 6'4", 200, runs a 4'3", 7'40", 37-inch vertical leap, had a 10'10 broad jump, but a guy that was showing off incredible athleticism at the, the East-West Shrine game. He's a guy to me that I, I think has done a lot to help his draft stock. Uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton of West Virginia, another guy, looks 6'4", 221, runs a 4'3", 840, 41-inch vertical leap. He's a guy that's going to continue to send people back to the film to watch more of him. Um, you know, under seven seconds in the three-cone drill, despite that that size, you know, that's that's something that, you know, it's going to get him drafted. 6'4", 221, could you potentially convert him to tight end and still have that speed? He could be a, a weapon uh, down the stretch for you. Uh, and really be a, a matchup nightmare. Uh, Demario Douglas out of Liberty definitely helped himself. 5'8", 179, 39 and a half inch vertically, 4'4", 440 uh, to, to go to that name as well. I thought Jalen Moreno Cropper helped himself with the 4'4", 440. Wasn't expecting to see that time really jump out there. Uh, you know, a guy that's going to be a nice day three pick for somebody. You know, I, I think Keishon Bouti was a guy that we were really looking to see that explosiveness, right? 5'11", 195, you know, runs a 4'5", which isn't terrible, but, uh, you know, needed more time to gather that speed, runs a 1'5", 10-yard split, 29-inch vertical leap, just a 9'10", broad jump, not overly explosive, and that was really a shock for me. I was expecting to see a little bit more out of him, um, so that definitely took me a little bit by surprise. Um, so those are, are the receivers that really jumped out to me. Then we get to the tight end group, and this was really a lot of fun to watch. These tight ends, we've got 10 guys that could be starters at the next level at some point. Um, I thought the guy that really put on the biggest display was Darnell Washington. At 6'7", 264, runs a 4'6", 440, 157, 10-yard split, uh, runs a, a 408, 20-yard shuttle at, at, at that size. is absolutely ridiculous. But then he was putting on these highlight reel catches, showing the ability to really move the sled as a blocker as well. I look at Darnell Washington. I think he solidified himself as a first rounder. And uh, you know, look, any of the injuries that hampered him during the season, they're gone. He's a guy that could be that number three tight end coming off the board, no doubt about it. Um, Dalton Kincaid didn't work out. You know, six four, two forty six. Everyone wants to see what that forty time is going to be. You know, just put on that USC film the first time around. They couldn't cover. Him. You know, double-digit receptions, over 200 yards receiving. He's in, uh, really a matchup nightmare. If I'm Green Bay sitting there at 15, I'm getting a tight end for Jordan Love. This is going to be the guy that, that's really going to be that vertical threat. But you know, for you Michael Mayer fans, 6'4", 249, out of Notre Dame, runs a 4'7", 40, which wasn't, you know, it's not going to wow you. 
you know, 166, 10-yard split, 32-and-a-half-inch vertical leap, 9-10 broad jump. You know, there there are guys, you know, Mark Andrews is one of those who uh, didn't put on a, a, a head-turning performance at the Combine and then turned out to be pretty darn good pros. I still think Michael Mayer is going to be a first-round pick. Trust your eyes. Trust the game film. Uh, go back and, and watch the film. This is a guy that can still run some pretty darn good routes. So, yes, he's not overly explosive like some of these other guys, but I don't think that does anything to his draft stock. I think he's still going to be a first-round tight end. Uh, I, I think there's no question about that. In terms of the athletic freaks, Zach Kuntz, 6'7", 255, 34-inch uh, arms, I should say. Runs a 4.5540, a 40-inch vertical leap, 10.8 broad jump, just the athleticism. You know, also puts up 225, 23 times with those 34-inch arms. That's, that's incredibly hard to do. He put up two more reps than Darnell Washington did. Athletic freak there for Old Dominion. A guy that if you're looking later on in the draft, looking for a tight end, a, a receiving option, not the best blocker by any means, he's the guy to definitely take note of. Um, Sam Laporta looked very smooth. He runs a 4.59, not the, the most explosive, but he did run a 6.913 cone drill. Um, but again, look, 6'3", 245, he's just going to be one of those easy movers. I think he does a lot of damage after the catch, uh, the physicality, you know, and then just very smooth in the open field. He's a guy that, that I'm definitely a, a fan of. I was surprised uh, with Payne, uh, Payne Durham at 6'6", 253, runs a 4'8", 740. Uh, I was expecting a little bit more athleticism out of him. Uh, so that was that was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, but Luke Scoopmaker at 6'5", 251 out of Michigan, uh, you know, 4'6", 340, um, you know, and, and looked pretty smooth in the, in the drills as well. Uh, but, you know, that tight end position, there are a lot of guys that uh, you, know, you can definitely uh, make you smile when you watch them play. I thought Will Mallory was another guy that definitely helped himself. 6'4", 239, 4'5", 440, 36-inch vertical leap. Uh, tremendous athlete. I thought that was definitely... Uh, apparent with him. Blocking still something that is, is a work in progress for him, like most of these guys. Luke Musgrave of Oregon State. Um, we were, I was actually expecting a much faster 40 time. Runs a 4-6-1, 1-5-4, 10-yard split though, so a guy that you know has that quick acceleration, 36-inch vertical leap. I've got Luke Musgrave just sitting outside the, the first round. He'll be a second rounder, um, but a guy who's number four on my list there at that tight end spot. So those were the guys that really caught my eye at the tight end position. I think there are a lot of guys that uh, that are going to not only make a make a roster, but can, uh, can be starters at some point in their career. Then we get to the offensive line. I thought Broderick Jones definitely looked athletic. Uh, you watch the feet. Uh, you saw the, the strength there, the, the agility. This is a guy who just show, showcases his ability there at that left tackle spot. There was also, um, I can't remember which drill it was, but well, I think it was actually the screen drill. And he took the coach holding the bag and just drove him uh, you know, out, clear out of, the, out of the picture before getting out and, and showcasing that, that quickness, getting out in front. Uh, Cody Mock was another guy. Um, you know, I, I forgot to mention the, the 40 time there for, for Broderick Jones runs that 497, which was fastest among the offensive linemen. Cody Malk definitely helped himself. 6'5, 302, runs a 508 40. This dude's just a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. 29 inch vertical leap, not bad for this group. Um, showcases the versatility. 
right? You know, I, I think he's he's a an efficient guy, high motor. I ultimately think he's going to be a guard at the next level. He could play tackle though, um, and just that athleticism definitely was on display. Uh, you know, Paris Johnson Jr. I thought showed much quicker feet than I think I was even anticipating. Um, I, I thought it was an easy mover, um, pretty good bend for him as well. Six six three thirteen didn't run the forty, but uh, a guy that I think is definitely the athleticism is there if he can really work on that anchor. He's a guy that I think is going to end up being a force there uh, at the tackle position. Um, some of the other guys at, at tackle, you know, I, I thought Darnell Wright did everything right. Um, 6'5", 333 pounds, runs a 501.40, so just over that that five-second uh, five mark. 29-inch vertical leap, 181, 10-yard split. He's just another guy who I think is going to be a day one starter there at right tackle for whoever drafts him. Peter Skaronski, we know 34 and a quarter inch arms. The length isn't there. 6'4", 313, runs a 5'1", 640, but really his game is all about technique. It's about leverage. You watch you know, his ability to move. Uh, I think he can play tackle, he can play guard, and a guy that's going to just be in the league for a long time because of that versatility. Anton Harrison, 6'4", 315, runs a 4'9", 840, showcases some really nice athleticism. Big thing for him is pad level. He's going to have to maintain you know, really really good pad level. That's really going to be his biggest uh, biggest bugaboo. Um, you know, but uh, a guy that I think definitely uh, definitely looks smooth for the most part there in, in the drills. Um, I thought that Blake Freeland obviously uh, helped himself. 6'8", 302, runs a 4'9", 840, but it was a 37-inch vertical leap. Uh, that was setting records there for, for offensive linemen. One six eight ten yard split. Athleticism was never the question. It's really about uh, his overall lower body strength. That's really going to be the biggest thing for him. I think he's definitely helped himself and got himself into that second round consideration. And then one other guy to mention is Earl Bostic Jr. out of Kansas. Six six three zero nine five zero five forty, and showcased some nice athleticism. Guy that, that was able to move really well in the drills. You saw the lateral agility. There's some something to work with. There's some tools there. And a guy that's going to be a late day three guy, but a guy that can come in there and uh, you know, man, one of those uh, one of those depth positions there possibly be a swing tackle for you. At the guard spot, um, I thought Matthew Bergeron. He didn't actually uh, run the forty. But uh, you look at him, 6'5", 318. He's got good power in his hands. Uh, the lateral agility is there. This is a guy, I thought the footwork was was superb as well. He's a guy that's definitely ascending a top 50 pick for me. Steve Avila absolutely looks the part. He can play center, he can play guard. 6'3", 332. Uh, a dude, he put up 225, 28 times. Um, a guy that, I, I, to me, he's just, he, he's powerful, he's explosive. I love the, the, the footwork out of him as well. He, he To me, he's an early day two guy. I, I don't think there's any question about that. I thought Anthony Bradford out of LSU, 6'4", 332. He's down to 332. Watch that weight. Runs a 508.40. Moved really well in the drills as well. So that was something that I took away from when I was watching Anthony Bradford. The athleticism was definitely on display. Same thing with, with Braden Daniels. Ta played tackle at Utah. We know he's going to kick inside to guard. 6'4", 294, actually had 33-inch arms. You know, it's longer than I think I was expecting. I thought they were going to get under 33. Uh, ran a 4'9", 40. 
and then just looks so smooth in the drills. You know, the athleticism is definitely there for him. Uh, you know, definitely a, a guy that turned turn heads for sure and uh, someone who I think has a chance to be a day two guy, probably going to end up being a, a, an early day three, but definitely a guy that uh, uh, is going to be on team's radars early in the draft. And then Jordan McFadden, you know, 6'2", 303, actually had longer arms than, than we were really expecting, right? You know, he had 34-inch arms, and, you know, at only six foot two, you, know, you wonder if maybe this guy could play tackle, you know, if, if he needed to. I think he's still at his best inside, runs a 499-40, 10-yard split, um, you know, fastest among all the guards. He was weighted at 302, 303, uh, very fluid as well. It kind of matched what you were seeing with the testing. I think Jordan McFadden is a, is a guy that we can definitely see come off the board um, you know, early day three and, uh, and be a guy that could challenge for a starting position right away. Uh, I thought John Gaines out of UCLA helped himself. He's a guy that played guard and center for, for the, the Bruins, ran a 501-40, just looked really athletic flying around on the on the drills. Another guy that moved really well was McClendon Curtis out of Chattanooga. He's a big dude. He's 6'6", 324, 35-inch arms, runs a 5'2", but you just you saw really good movement skills for a guy that size. Um, you know, really wasn't expecting that. Uh, Dewan Jones is just a big human being. He's 6'8", 374, runs that 5'3", 540. Um, you know, look, 36 and 38 inch arms. And then these massive mitts. I mean, they're over 11 and a half inches. And uh, look, this is a guy you're going to have to drive a sports car to get around him. Um, he's he's huge. But uh, you know, there are guys you know at the Senior Bowl that were trying to use power and leverage, and I, I don't know what they were thinking with him. Um, but uh, I thought he moved much better than you know expected for a guy his size. I see him as a day one starter at right tackle. You look at at, uh, at Trent Brown, um, I think of Phil Lodeholt, um, guys that, that play that right tackle position for a long time. He's going to be one of those guys. I, I firmly believe that. He's, he's definitely an easy mover and a guy that definitely helped himself. Now, before we transition to the center spot, we do have to mention Andrew Voorhees out of USC. 6'6", 310, a guy that was really challenging for that, that spot in, in the – second day of the draft i think ultimately he's going to fall to day three why well he tore his acl during the drills really unfortunate injury but the competitive nature in him he comes out on really on one leg and reps out 225 38 times which is more than anyone else at the entire combine really turning heads you know i, I think number two was mozzie smith out of michigan uh at 34 reps um, so i thought it was really impressive you know that that's showing there the strength uh, along with that competitive fire, wanting to, to be in there with those guys. One last guy to mention is is City South. Uh, they're out of Eastern Michigan. And uh, look, this was a guy, you know, he runs a 507 1-8, 10-yard split, 32-inch uh, vertical leap, but uh, a guy that actually looked pretty agile. You know, you saw the lateral agility. You saw some pretty good quickness out of him. You saw his ability to, to bring some power to the drills as well. Um you know, I, I think he ultimately is a guy that's sitting with me that I'm like, hey, this guy can get drafted um, on day three of this draft. And I think he's a guy that can end up sticking with an NFL franchise. He could end up being uh, an early pick there for the Canadian Football League. But I think if he stays there with the NFL, um, he's a guy that we're, we're talking about on, on day three. Uh, he was a guy that stood out when you watched East Carolina or I'm sorry, Eastern Michigan play. 
But City South, to me, I look at him, he's a legit candidate to be a day three prospect. And when you watch him there, he absolutely belongs. And not only that, he's a guy that I think is going to get himself drafted. So I thought he definitely helped himself there. And then at the center position, you know, Luke Whipler, this is a guy who had excellent footwork, um, decent power to his game as well, ran a 51440. Um, you know, moved pretty well. You saw the athleticism that was there. Uh, to me, with Luke Whipler, I think he solidified himself as a day two center in this draft. Um, but he wasn't the only guy uh, that, that was putting on a show. You know, I think John Michael Schmitz, you watch him in the drills. You know, he 5'3", 540, that's not really his game. You allow him, though, the, the lateral quickness. You saw the technique on display. John Michael Schmitz is going to be just fine. You know, we've seen him there at the Senior Bowl in those one-on-one -on -one drills. He's going to be a day-two pick. He's going to be a guy that's going to start at center for a long time. Juice Scruggs is kind of in that a category with, you know, from Penn State. You know, really, where, where are we going to see him? Um, you know, I, I thought he solidified his status as a draftable prospect there on day three. Uh, ran a 5-2-2-40, 10-yard split. Uh, decent athleticism. He moved pretty well. You know, I, I thought, especially when you're watching him on, on some of the pole drills, um, showed really good athleticism getting out there, being able to, to get out in front. Uh, Jovan Gwynn out of South Carolina at 6'2", 297. Really short arms, 31 and 3 quarters inches. Played guard at South Carolina. I was talking about how guys were able to get their hands on him. I think a move to center may be a good move for him. 5'1", 240, uh, one eight, 10 yard split. Ran a, a, a 4-8, 20-yard uh, shuttle, not overly explosive. I mean, when you look at a guy like John Ajuku out of Boise State at 6'6", 309, runs a 4-5-2, but still respectable there for an interior lineman. And uh, I look at Gwyn, I think he could end up kicking inside to, to that center spot and uh, could put on uh, you know, a, a decent display. Uh, especially when you look at a guy like Alex Forsyth out of Oregon. He's battled some injuries, 6'4", 303, just a 20-and-a-half-inch vertical leap and a 7-foot-and-11-inch broad jump. You know, the athleticism just really was lacking there out of out of Alex Forsyth in, in the drills. So I, I think on the flip side there, that's something that's definitely going to going to hurt him. Uh, you know, I thought Henry Bainivalu uh, uh, out of Washington. I knew I was going to get that name wrong. At some point, 6'6", 306, runs a 5'5", 40, uh, just looks slow in the drills. Uh, he's a guy, it's all about power for him, so he's really a guy that I worry about there at the next level. Um, Nick Broker, 6'4", 305, shorter arms, 32 and a half inches, 5'2", 40. I was expecting to see a little bit more athleticism out of him, but he does does show up with a 4'7", 20-yard uh, shuttle, I, I just I was expecting to see a little bit more um, athleticism than we actually saw from him. So I, I think uh, Broker is a guy that's probably fighting as himself as a fourth or fifth round pick. I was wanting to see if maybe he could slide into that round into that day two category. I just don't see that happening. Connor Galvin out of Baylor, 6'7", 293, runs a five four eight forty with just a thirty and a half inch vertical leap. Um, I, I worry about his. His overall athleticism, he's the guy that's probably going to have to kick inside the guard if he's going to be able to stick there at the next level. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I thought Asim Richards looked really smooth in the drills, 6'4", 309, 34-inch arms. He's the guy that's going to play tackle at the next level, and uh, I've got him in my top 10 now at the tackle spot. Uh, Nick Saldaveri, 6'6", 318. He's going to play guard. 
I thought he'd move pretty well there as well. Uh, Ricky Stromberg. And we were talking about centers, and I don't know how I got sidetracked with some of the other guards, but uh, with, with uh, Stromberg, 6'3", 306, 5'2", 6'40", definitely a guy that I thought, um, you know, he's going to be a, a guy that could be a day one starter. I thought he definitely helped himself. And then Olu Oluwatimi, we'll, stay, we'll stick with him as, as the closer, 6'2", 309, 5'3", um, This is a guy, look, you know, when you put on the film, uh, inconsistent at times. You know, but when you watch him in, in a lot of the one-on-ones, especially at the Senior Bowl, he held his own, did really well there. Um, you know, he just needs to – the athleticism, I, I thought, was was there, was on display. I think his anchor at times can can get uh, compromised, and uh, some of that lateral quickness uh, just isn't always there, especially with some of those quicker rushers coming off the ball. Uh, so – those were the guys that I thought really stood out for me at the combine, one way or the other. Um, you know, I, I thought there was a lot to lots of light coming out of the combine, and uh, you know, I'm I'm really excited and looking forward to seeing really where a lot of these guys are going to go uh, come April 27th. But when you look at this this draft, you know, I'll give you a, kind of a sneak peek into my top ten. Carolina sitting there at number one. They get it from Chicago. I think they're trading up for C.J. Stroud. You know, you've got Josh McCown. You know, there's the video online where he's just raving about uh, C.J. Stroud as a quarterback. Um, I think he comes in there and ends up taking over that position. I think David Tepper. You know, there, there's talk about him wanting that dynamic quarterback. I think there may be some talk about potentially Anthony Richardson there. If we see him trade down, it's obviously because they're, they're looking to position themselves to get Anthony Richardson. There was talk about that. I ultimately think C.J. Stroud's still going to be their guy, which means that number two, Houston Texans taking Bryce Young. A lot of people are expecting Bryce Young to be that number one pick, but the timing of that trade right after the combine, after seeing the performance of C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson playing as well as they did, it just the gut feeling to me feels like they're trading up to get one of those guys. You know, it's kind of like when uh, the 49ers traded up to the number three overall pick right after Trey Lance's pro day. It, it just it, There's a gut feeling here with, with C.J. Stroud. But I mean, a, a nice consolation prize there at number two overall for the Texans with Bryce Young. Look, he measured in at 5'10 and an eighth, 204 pounds. That's not going to be his playing weight. I think he really worked hard to try to get to 204. He didn't really throw there. He's going to throw at his pro day. He'll probably weigh in much lighter than that 204. Um, but look, the, the tape doesn't lie. This guy knows where to go with the football um, you know, and just has a knack for being able to manipulate the pocket. And look, yes, he is undersized, but... You know, I, I thought he had a great quote. You know, ESPN, The Athletic, everybody has, all the publications are, are talking about it. He's been short his whole life. So he knows you know, what he can do within the pocket, escaping the pocket as well. It's all he's ever known. So when he's bringing that to the table and what he's going to look like at the next level, I think we've already seen glimpses of it there at Alabama. And, you know, I, I don't think he has anything to worry about. You talk about the Cardinals. Look, you know, they, they, their pass rush was 24th in the league. And, uh, you know, you've got J.J. Watt and Zach, Zach Allen accounted for 18 of the team's sacks. They're both gone. J.J. Watt retires. Zach Allen's moved on. Um, you know, the only edge rusher sacked the quarterback at least three times was, was Maje Sanders. 
not just going get, get to get the job done. Then they release Marcus Golden on top of that. Will Anderson is going to be this pick. I think they're going to run up there and get the get that that name in there as quickly as as Houston makes their selection. I think Monty Austin Ford, the the new GM, and Jonathan Gannon, they're going to be excited to get you know the most dynamic pass rusher in this year's draft. Colts sitting there at four. Um, look, you know the series of of veteran quarterbacks. You know after you lose uh, Andrew Luck. You know, after the 2018 season, decides he's going to retire unexpectedly. Jacoby Brissett, kind of that bridge quarterback in 2019. But then you try Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Look, Jim Ursay is not going to be patient. So I think Anthony Richardson is, is kind of ruled out here. That's why I'm thinking Will Levis is the guy. And I mentioned it earlier. You put him in the same backfield with Jonathan Taylor, arguably the best running back in, uh, in the league. This guy, look... Not only the pro-style offense, but as I mentioned, he's at his best in play action. You've got Jonathan Taylor. Pro, you know, play action, it's just going to fit. It feels like a perfect fit there. Same with Seattle sitting there at five. Anthony Richardson sets the house on fire. Seattle hasn't had a pick this high in 14 years. You've got Geno Smith. He's 32 years of age. You signed that three-year deal for him. And, uh, you know, you look at it. You know, SpotTrack.com does a great job breaking down his contract. $27 million is guaranteed at, at signing. That's a 1.2 base salary in 2023. Uh, offers some flexibility, just a $10.1 million cap hit in 2023 for him. Um, but then after that, you know, you've got some of these roster bonuses in 2024, 2025. And, uh, you know, the cap hits ultimately... The last two years of that deal, you're looking at 31.2 million and 33.7 million. Um, there are some performance bonuses as well there uh, with the the escalators. So if he can duplicate that performance from 2022, then he's going to really make a lot of money for himself. So he's bit, you know banking on himself, betting on himself. Already said, you know, he told ESPN as well that he has no problem mentoring a quarterback if they were to draft one. If you, you haven't been there in 14 years, get Anthony Richardson, bring him in, and help him develop there with Geno Smith. Look, if Geno Smith has a spectacular you know, couple of seasons, you've got him in there for those three years. Anthony Richardson is able to develop, and then you can put AR in as your future quarterback. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. At 20, you can then start start looking at some of your other positions. I thought they've done a great job up front. They bring in Jaron Reed and Draymond Jones to address that defensive line. And we thought maybe Jalen Carter could end up being in the situation there, but no, I, I think they go quarterback. Detroit sitting there at number six. You know, there's talk, hey, maybe Detroit will go after a quarterback. To me, I look at this group and, uh, you know, what, what do they have? What do they need? You know, Jalen Carter, I think they're going to kick the tires there. Uh, but, you know, there's there's a lot of talk there with, with Jalen Carter, you know, the charges that were brought against him, the, the misdemeanor charges, uh, you know, for his involvement in uh, that wreck, that tragic accident um, on January 15th that, that ultimately killed the you know, Georgia offensive lineman De- uh, Devin Willock and the recruiting staffer Chandler LaCroix. They were racing, said that she was over driving over 100 miles an hour when her car left the uh, left the road and I believe hit a, hit a power pole. Um, Jalen Carter was there, and uh, you know the, the the racing, the reckless driving, those were the misdemeanor counts. But you know, his story also changed multiple times. 
while he was being interviewed and uh, by the police. And then on top of that, you know, he shows up at his pro day, overweight, nine pounds over, um, you know, at 323 pounds, and then he just wasn't ready to participate in the drills. You know, the positional drills were the only things that he really showed off, and uh, he struggled. You know, he, ESPN reported uh, Jordan Reed was there and said he couldn't finish the drills. He was cramping up. He was winded. He was out of breath. So you really worry about his, his mental state at this point because of everything that he's had to go through. And so, you know, you, you still don't know what's happening from a legal standpoint. There's just so much here with Jalen Carter. And on the field, he's such a dominant presence. The blend of power and quickness to be that early penetrator, both against the run and the pass. I think the Lions, you know, I'm sure Aiden Hutchinson would love to have him lining up there on the interior of that line. Uh, but you know, Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, but building a culture there in Detroit, and I just don't think Jalen Carter fits that narrative at this point. You know, obviously, they're still going to kick the tires there, still talk to him and, and try to figure out who he is as a player. But when I look at that second year, this is a group, only three of their 12 interceptions last year were hauled in by a corner. And uh, you know, they, they brought in Cam Sutton to be that nickel. You also have Emmanuel Mosley, who's coming off of injury. Um, Jeff Okuda needs somebody opposite him to be a lockdown corner. I don't think Jerry Jacobs is going to be that guy, but I do think Jerry Jacobs is going to be a really nice, solid third cornerback for you. Get Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Let's not mess around. He's a, the best cure, pure cover corner in this year's draft. Talked about him being so smooth and fluid in uh, at the Combine in his workouts. I think Christian Gonzalez goes number six overall to the Lions. Raiders sitting there at seven. They can go pass rush. I mean, you got Max Crosby, who led the, uh, you know, among the league leaders with 12 and a half sacks. Chandler Jones, first year of his his $51 million deal, uh, you know, a, a three-year deal at that. Manages four sacks. Um, that's not going to cut it. And then there's really no production beyond the two of them. Uh, you know, Cleveland Furl was the only other defensive end to record a sack a season ago. He signs with the 49ers in the offseason. You know, Tyree Wilson makes a lot of sense here. You, know, you bring him in, he could eventually take over for Chandler Jones, could be an interior pass rusher and kind of have that NASCAR type group uh, rushing the quarterback. They also need a corner. Look, they, they finished at the bottom of the league with just six interceptions. The only corner to have any picks was Amik Robins, uh, Robertson, had two of those six. Rocky Asin's a free agent, likely not going to be back. You bring back Brandon Faison, um, you have Nate Hobbs and, and Robertson, um, but Bringing in Devin Weatherspoon or, uh, or Joey Porter Jr., I think that makes makes a lot of sense. But look, defensive end and corner are two of the, the deepest positions in this year's draft. I think they can wait until day two, go after the offensive line. You've got Colton Miller at left tackle. Dylan Parham, I think, really belongs as a center. Will be an upgrade over An uh, Andre James. Alex Barr struggled down the stretch as the right guard. They needed a long-term answer at right tackle. Peter Skaronski, plug and play whether it's right tackle or guard. Um, I think his home eventually will be at that guard spot. You may start him at right tackle initially, but he, he's a future all-pro guard, in my opinion. So I think he goes at number seven. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. I think the narrative, I mean, some things change, some things stay the same. Just 27 sacks, 31st in the league. That's a big reason why Arthur Smith brought in Ryan Nielsen to be their defensive coordinator. This is a dude, look, Last stop, co-defensive coordinator with the Saints. 
finished top five in the sacks for 48 a year, a year ago. But he has a track record of developing defensive linemen. D-line coach at NC State before he became the, the Saints D-line coach in 2017. Churned out NFL caliber defensive linemen there for the Wolfpack. I think he gets Tyree Wilson in there. Versatile defensive end. 6'6", 271. Sets the edge against the run. Very powerful. Coming off the edge as well as, as a pass rusher. Line up in a two-point stance, be a traditional 4-3, kick inside to provide an interior pass rush on obvious passing downs. Um, line him up all over. He'll be a week one starter for you. I think he's a guy you can develop quickly under Ryan Nielsen's tutelage. I'm happy for Ryan Nielsen. I went to school with him at USC. Really a good dude. And uh, I hope, uh, hope he really turns things around there for Atlanta because that pass rush couldn't really get any worse. I think at nine, you look at the Bears. Bears could go defensive end. I think Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy, that could potentially be a be a place to look. Um, you know, in free agency, they attacked the linebacker group with uh, Tremaine Edmonds, T.J. Edwards. Uh, they did bring in defensive lineman with with Marcus Walker. You get Nate Davis at guard. I think they could still go for a tackle. I think you know Broderick Jones, um, Paris Johnson, even Peter Skaronski, if he falls, were to be in this pick. Um, they missed out on Mike McGlinchey, so I, I think tackle could definitely be that that spot. But I, you know, they were look the whole contingent. Ryan Poles, everybody was there to watch Jalen Carter at his workout, and, and we know what happened. I think there are more questions than answers when they left there. Um, and, and look, Carter, the the dominant presence there. Uh, you know, really the biggest thing is is you know the, the legal troubles. There are those unknowns. Um, I think taking him, it's going to come with a, with a huge risk. But you know, this guy is the best defensive line prospect since Quinton Williams, arguably the best player in the draft. He may very well end up being worth the gamble at this point at number nine overall. Um, you know, we look at other guys that you know whose draft stock has fallen, and uh, you know, I think Jalen Carter is going to be uh, you know no different. I think they're really going to do a lot of their homework, a lot of due diligence, and really see where where Jalen Carter ends up. There hasn't been a whole lot of chatter about Jalen Carter in the media or anything like that. So it's really hard to kind of get a gauge. But this is a guy that could be a difference maker for the Bears on the defensive side of the football in that front four. Uh, bring some physicality that I know that uh, Ryan Poles is looking for. I think that'd be a nice pick there. Uh, and then the Eagles sitting there at number 10. Not often that you get the NC, uh, NFC champs with a top 10 pick. But I look at them. I got the pick from New Orleans when they traded up to get Chris Olave. Um, could it be a defensive tackle? Could they potentially go Jalen Carter to team with Jordan Davis? Not likely. You know, they brought in, uh, re-signed Fletcher Cox. Uh, you know, Brandon Graham was also re-signed. So I, I think defensive end, Miles Murphy. You know, th those are still options, but I think it's less likely that it's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I thought that bringing in Fletcher Cox kind of offset the loss of, of uh, Javon Hargrave. Uh, who left for the 49ers. Uh, James Bradbury, getting him under contract was huge, especially with, with Darius Slay uh, leaving as well. I look at this group, I think that you need to get a, a corner opposite Bradbury. You know, I, I think having uh, you know Cox and Davis pairing together, Graham and Sweat, but who's teaming with Bradbury? Get Joey Porter Jr., 6'2", 193. We've already talked about the wingspan. We've talked about his physicality, his ability to, to jam and reroute. 
I I just love that pick. I think you know this is a guy that uh, that played in Pennsylvania, so he, he's a guy that I think that group really knows well. And uh, you know, I think especially if Joey Porter Jr. ends up going out there, runs that sub four four at his pro day, um, I think that may just solidify things. Uh, because if you're just talking about numbers, you're not looking just at the film. You know, the straight line speed. Can he recover if he's slow to get out of his break? You know, that's something that I think is a legitimate concern. I think this is the guy that can absolutely do that and can end up being a stud, a cornerback one at the next level. So that's my top 10 right now. Obviously, it could very well change uh, several times leading up to the draft. I don't think we're going to see the last of the trades in the top 10 um, and really that trickle-down effect after that. You know, Obviously, if guys are trading up, what's that going to look like? Who are the teams trading up for? You know, if we were to look at the next couple of picks after that, I think Tennessee at 11. Um, could they go uh, defense like Miles Murphy? That's definitely a possibility, especially with Harold Landry coming off an ACL injury. If Bud Dupree gone, um, fits what Mike Vrabel wants to do. But I still think Paris Johnson Jr. makes the most sense. You bring in Aaron uh, Andre Dillard, who's going to be your left tackle. But the guy hasn't stayed healthy, hasn't stayed on the field. Even if he does come back, I think you probably kick him inside to guard. Um, you look at Taylor Lewan, you know, he was a guy that really battled injury. Are you just wanting to replace him with another guy? I ultimately think that Dillard is kind of that insurance policy at tackle. You probably kick him, si- kick him inside to guard and-, and draft Paris Johnson Jr. there out of Ohio State. Houston sitting there at 12. I think this is where Miles My- Murphy goes. 6'5", 268, explosive coming off the edge. I think D'Amico Ryans is building a defense similar to what he had there with the 49ers. Uh, you know, gets an interior presence with Sheldon Rankins. Uh, Chase Winovich is going to provide some, some depth off the edge with Jerry Hughes. Secondary, you got Jimmy Ward, a familiar face, to pair with Jalen Petrie, who was just an absolute stud from the draft a season ago. Um, to take some of that pressure off of Hughes, though, I think Miles Murphy makes a ton of sense. Get that other edge rusher and that young guy. He needs a Nick Bosa type. Uh, and Miles Murphy isn't quite on the level of Nick Bosa, but he is going to be explosive coming off the edge for him. And then uh, the Jets sitting there at 13, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. Said on the on the, the, the Pat McAfee show that he wants to play for the Jets. I'm looking at this. I think this pick is ultimately going to go to Green Bay. If the Jets want to ultimately get the deal done, who's going to play quarterback for them? It's going to have to end up being uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think all, the, all of his uh, potential teammates there with the Jets are interested. They brought in uh, Alan Lazard as a receiver as well. I think everybody is expecting this to happen. It's just going to ultimately be, what does Green Bay want? I think Green Bay is going to probably look for something similar to what Seattle asked for, giving up Russell Wilson to Denver. And then I think you're also looking at it something similar with what the Rams had to give up to Detroit in the Matthew Stafford deal. I think both of those scenarios involve multiple first-round picks. I think this pick is probably going to go to Green Bay, sitting there at 13. Um, I think that pick could very well end up being Nolan Smith. Out of Georgia, you get that, that that outside linebacker guy that plays well against the run and is developing as a pass rusher. I think that makes a lot of sense. Patriots sitting there at 14. They need cornerback help. I think they also need a receiver. There's possibility they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. That's not necessarily going to move the needle entirely for the Patriots. I think they wait on a receiver until round two. I think this is going to be a corner. I think Devin Witherspoon is going to play that physical physical play that Bill Belichick is looking for. 
Green Bay comes back at number 15. They get Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, get that speed at the tight end position for uh, Jordan Love, and then the Washington Commanders sitting there at 16. If Broderick Jones is still sitting there, I think you ultimately draft him. He'll be an upgrade over Charles Leno. You've already picked up uh, Andrew Wiley in free agency to man that right tackle position, really shore up the offensive line. I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, we could also see them uh, potentially go after a corner. They, they picked up uh, Cam Dantzler off waivers from the Vikings, but uh, you look at, at Kendall Fuller, you look at Benjamin St. Just. If one of those top three corners are still on the board, I think that's definitely a location that we could see them focusing in on. Um, I, I think there's been talk that maybe they take a tight end. You know, I, I just or potentially even Bijan Robinson. I just don't know that that's really the the smart play there for Washington at this point. I think what they have to do is is really get everything shored up up front first and foremost, and they can kind of let the chips fall where they may after that. So we made it through the first half of round number one. I'll be updating my mock draft and, and really getting through that, talking through um, where I ultimately see that first round shaking shaking out. When I talk about my first round a season ago, the top 10, I had my top 10 players, not necessarily in the right order, but I had the top 10 players in the draft. I think as we continue to study, I'm going to feel pretty confident about, about the guys that I have coming off the board in the top half of round one for 2023 as well. So let's go ahead and bring this podcast to a close. Really from here, I want to take a look at, at the positions next and really talk about where I see the top 10 at each position. So we'll have Fast and Furious podcast breaking down my top 10 at each position, where I see these guys coming off the board, where I think they should be drafted, where I think they're probably going to get drafted, and then talk about some of the gems, some guys that may be a little overrated as well. Uh, we'll obviously, uh, once we get through that, we'll have a better idea of really where those team needs are from a free agency standpoint. We can talk through where we see uh, the, the teams going in the draft, so we'll kind of go through. And I think it's the easiest way is to go really more so uh, by division and talk through all 32 teams and really what to expect for their drafts and kind of talk about my draft board for each of those teams, really what I see happening over the course of all seven rounds of that draft, all three days. Um, you know, I'll make sure that I'm continuing to update my seven-round mock as well on the website, readyforthedraft.com. And uh, got a lot of material that, that I want to bring to you. Um, you know, I'll be uh, working on it one-handed after the, uh, the, the pec tear repair surgery, but uh, you know, something that needs to be done. Um, only be in a sling for six weeks. Um, you know, that'll actually take me through the draft. So it'll make it a little bit more difficult to put my mock drafts together on the website, but I want to make sure that I'm continuing to deliver content, get everyone ready for the draft. This is really my favorite time of year, and we're we're less than two months away. You know, we're we're counting down to the draft. This is really where everything gets serious. There's going to be a lot of movement, not only with trades, not only with free agency, but with draft boards as well. And I want to make sure I'm bringing all of that to you as well. So until next time, everyone, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. And until next time, I am out of here.